God, we, we pray this morning to come before you with our petition, seeking the change. Lord, I want to see the change. I want to see the supernatural happen among us today. Amen. Amen. Uh, with our children, yes. with everyone, no more as usual. No more going forth doing the same old thing, but expecting different and better results. Expecting you to do exports while we do nothing. God, I want you to ignite us today. Set our souls on fire this day. Hallelujah. Let us come up out of our closed places. Come out and come into the presence of the living God. Hallelujah. From babies all the way up. It blessed my soul to see a child worshiping. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we pray for these children here in our, our state, United States of America, and in Europe, in the Central Asia. We pray that these children will be acknowledged and honored by all. For them to find shelter, sheltering homes, and living, loving families that the awful waste of their lives will cease. That the awful waste of their lives will cease. That God will turn the hearts of the parents of unborn babies and those that they have birthed out toward the children. God, we pray that Christ will fill single hearts with his love, that they may taste the satisfaction found only in God. But friendships will bring ample fullness of relationship for sexual purity and simplicity of lifestyle and strong marriage for those who desire them. Pray for those singles by, single by divorce or death that they will find healing and new hope for life ahead because they will come to know that Jesus is the life and he is the way. All the ends of the earth will be remembered and turned to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dom dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. God, let your word manifest itself in us, that we actually live it. We don't just hear it, but we become doers of the word, Father. And that we will see the change in the manifestation beginning in the families and going forth up into the churches, Father. This is a new day, a new dawn, so we should be singing a new song. Let's go into spring with a newness, Amen. expecting to do exploits in his name with greater expectation of change, greater expectation of reconciliation, greater expectation of renewal, revival, change. Let it begin in us. And then it can flow out into the world, into the nations, Father. Not business as usual. I'm expecting to see some miracles. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for showing me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And praise the Lord. Okay, we are working with prayer. I'm going to keep doing this. I don't even know how to call this. I guess this is part, part two. I'll let them figure it out. <laughs> Where we're trusting in the Lord, because that's what prayer does. 
prayer means I'm trusting in you, Lord, and not in me. And so when we trust in the Lord, there's a, a scripture that supports that. And it's in Proverbs 3, 5. And it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. Now, the very first time, well, I don't know if it was the very first time, but in the newness of my um, uh, belief in Jesus Christ, and I read that trust in the Lord with all thine heart. I says, how did we do this with part of your heart? <laughs> well, <laughs> he means with your whole heart. And we do trust him with part, not with the whole thing. Because you see, when we lean toward our own will or understanding, it's usually against the ways of God. Because we're looking for how I'm going to feel opposed to how I'm going to be. And this is called torn between two opinions, yours and the Lord. Your heart is torn, not in total submission to the Lord. In this particular uh, chapter, Proverbs 3, 5, which is not, I'm using a whole lot of scriptures today. So just, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to go with the flow. In verses five and six of that, the command was, was given. And it was really three commands that was given. I didn't say a suggestion, a command, okay? And the first one was trust, trust in the Lord. Okay, so what do trust mean? <laughs> it means that I'm gonna rely. I'm going to rely on him and not on me. Amen. I'm not going to rely on how I feel, what I think, or what's going on in me or to me, but I'm going to rely on what God is saying. So I'm going to trust him. Amen? Amen. It means to depend on him in spite of what's going on. I'm depending on the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that means that I have to be moved out of the way in order for God to shine. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. The other command was lean not. What is it? Lean not to your own understanding. Meaning, do not depend on your own natural instinct, which is what we usually do. Because again, that's when it goes to, I feel. God's not interested in how you feel. He's interested in what you know. Because what you know is what pulls down his miracles, which pulls down what's in heaven down here on earth. I hope you're quiet because you're receiving. The other command was acknowledge him, meaning have fellowship and intimacy with God in all of life. To have fellowship and intimacy with God in all of life, not just on Sabbath or Bible study days or when he's done something supernatural in your life that you can rejoice over. So it's not just your spiritual life. This is in regards of employment, career, family, recreation, dating, marriage, 
raising children, shopping, entertainment, purchasing a property. Y'all get the message? And everything. Even when you're going to the, to, the, to the shopping center and you need to find a parking spot. It's in regards to everything. He didn't create you, half of you for the world and the other half for him. He didn't create you for you to have days that you think about him, but the majority of the days you think about worldly stuff. He created us in his image. That's what the Bible says. That he created us in, in our image. In Genesis, which means he created us in the image of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, I've already talked about the personalities of each one of those Godheads. So think about those personalities. Are you operating in that area according to that? Or are you operating in your soul, which is bound, broken, spoiled, selfish, prideful, arrogant? That's our souls. This is why we have to trust in God with all of our heart. Otherwise, we will operate contrary to the ways of God. Amen? So for a believer to live trusting God like that, he must have a strong, faithful, and committed lifestyle. For the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Amen? Did you, everybody get a handout? Okay, because we're going to refer to that handout. And that scripture, effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much is in James 5, 16. I, I love that statement, but you need to hear it. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man. That's somebody who was holding on to the situation in prayer like a bulldog on a bone. <laughs> and won't give away, don't, won't stop, and is doing it content, continuously, constantly. And a righteous man means a believer. We're righteous because we believe in Jesus Christ and he marked us righteous. Not by anything that we do, but you keep praying and you'll walk in that righteousness. Okay? Now, when you pray like that, it says it avails much. It exposes much. And it also pulls heaven down on earth. Amen. Do y'all understand that? Yeah. See, let's stop looking at prayer like uh, it's a possibility ever so often extracurricular. No, it is a need. It's a necessity. And it's a daily, all-day thing. And when you understand it and you got it right, then that means that you're going to take some strongholds, you're going to take some situations, and you're going to be able to break them down, shake them down, expose them for what they are so that they can be removed and life can change and be better for you. That's what it means. It means what you keep waiting for God to rain down from heaven, you're going to be able to do it yourself because he has equipped us, he has prepared us to do it. Stop waiting for God to do what he has called, anointed, and appointed you to do by the way of prayer. Pull it down. Shake it up. Expose it. Reveal it. Discard it. Do what it takes to get rid of it. In the name of Jesus. He has equipped 
you. You have the authority by his name, Jesus, through the blood and the cross of Jesus. Stop whimpering out. Stop shrinking back. Stop withering away. Letting the spirit of darkness overpower you. When greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Declare it. Declare it. Stay on it till your eyes see it. I'm talking about these. Because when you begin to speak what thus says the Lord, this eye is on it. Let God show himself to you. Things don't have to be the way they are. It's a choice of your will. What do you choose to do? Glory. So to continue on with this prayer, we're going to um, see how to pray effectual fervent prayers and a prayer of agreement. Amen? Amen. So on your sheet, go to page two. The prayer, the prayers of agreement. And we're going to talk about employers and employees okay okay Matthew 20 because it really hits any situation but God whether I'm sorry Jesus has given us a parable example and so since Jesus has given it to us then we know this is the way and this way works in more than one way and in more, in more than one situation so okay Matthew 20 beginning with uh, verse 1. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Now that householder is God. Okay? And um, uh, the vineyard is, is his kingdom. All right? So he goes out looking for souls to come in to work his kingdom. And it says, and when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, now that, that penny uh, really is worth 30, I think it's $34 in Jewish terms. Okay, in the Hebrew terminology. It's not a penny. It sounds like it's, it's let me make sure because I, I wrote it down. $34 uh, a day. Okay, so he says that, uh, verse 3, and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Now, when they were standing idle in the marketplace, it wasn't because they were lazy, but they were in an unusual place seeking employment. Oh, glory. Okay, well, y'all bear with me, okay, because uh, there's so much stuff in this particular chapter. See, it wasn't that they didn't want to work. They just wasn't in the right place working. Uh, uh, so they were in an unusual place. And in, in that place, they, they were trying to find their way, okay? All right, okay, help me, Holy Ghost. So it says that when they went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, he said unto them, now, now that third hour was uh, uh, 9 a.m. in the morning, okay? So 
He says unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. So he says, just, just go out there in my vineyard. I got something for you. And it doesn't matter about what time you arrive. The same thing I gave to the others, I got for you. Ah, and it may be greater, okay? And so, um, and so he says, and he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour. Now, uh, this, the, the sixth hour was uh, noon. The ninth hour was like between three and five. So he had people coming in at different levels of time, but they were all getting the same pay. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Why? The message here is about grace, not fair play, which is what we look at. Well, it's not fair. It's not about fair play. It's about grace. And so the people who were here on Wednesday can understand this far deeper than everybody else right now because there are different kinds of grace for different situations. Amen? All right, so... Verse 4, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And he went out, again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. As I said, the ninth hour is like 3 to uh, 5 p.m. And then it says, About the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand you here all the day? Idled. They said unto him, Because no man have hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also in the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, thou shall, that shall you receive. Uh, they were at the last hour of the, of the evening. So they come in at the tail of everything. And so, you know, they're feeling like, well, you know, we can't get a job now, and nobody is going to help us. But he tells them, Go on in and work. And, and I'm going to take good care of you because I'm going to give you the same thing that they got when they started at the early hour. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. Okay, so verse 8 says, So when Eve was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire beginning from the last unto the first. Ah, oh, glory. Okay, maybe I need to read it again. And so when Eve was come, that's the end of the work time, the Lord of the vineyard, God, said unto his steward, Jesus, call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. Right. You remember the scripture in the Bible says the last will be first and the first will be last. All right, glory, hallelujah. And when they came that were hired, about the 11th hour, they received every man a penny. They received the same wages. Amen. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou, thou agree with me for a penny? Remember, we're talking about the prayer of agreement. <laughs> Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? 
Is thy eye evil because I am good? Oh, wow. So the last should be first and the first last. For many be called, but few are chosen. He calls us all. But how we answer or answer determine your chosen work. Amen. Remember I said he does this by grace. You see, teaching salvation isn't obtained by merit, but by grace. And we all receive the necessary grace at our time of need. Don't measure what God has for you by what he does for some others. His grace and mercy upon us is based on what he feels we need and when he feels we need it. Not on what you think. Not on what he did for others. God knows who he created. He also knows how we have become since he created us. So he knows what we need and how we need it in order to pull us out of the mess we have gotten in since we've been created. However, to get his grace of salvation and remember it, it isn't the kind of salvation that just for you to go to heaven. See, it's not just a one time plead or gift. It operates daily. Salvation is a 24-7 everyday thing. He he saved us to save us. See, he saved us so we can go to heaven. But in the meantime, he saved us to save us daily so we don't miss the boat when it's time to go to heaven. Amen. So it operates on our lives daily until Jesus returns. So you must ask God for help and he would do it according to your need of which he knows better than we know. So he distributes what we need, when we need it, how we need it based on how he see it. Because he knows what's going to help us to grow and come out of stuff. And when we come out, stay out of the stuff. Amen. He's not going to do it according to how you want it because, see, his thoughts are far higher than our thoughts. His ways are far higher than our ways. And see, if he does it the way we want it, it's a momentary blessing. But when we allow him to do it his way, it's for eternity. And you have the victory in more than just the one thing you were seeking. That victory is widespread. Amen? Now, there's one thing we, we do know from the word of God. And that is, he's no respect of a person. <laughs> He will do for all what he has done for one. He just do it differently because we're not all the same. Aren't you glad we're not a bunch of clones, not a bunch of separate wives, that we all do all the same thing, look the same way, act the same way? God made everyone an individual, but he fixed it where we will function the way he wants us to function, and we come together in a unit, and when we come together in a unit, we come into a place of perfection. Amen? 
Father, I thank you for your spirit that's present right now. I pray, Lord, that it will convict the righteous to do what is righteous and to hear what the word of God has to say. I come against the spirit of sloppiness, the spirit of sleepiness, because that's coming from the enemy who want to close up your ears, your heart, and your mind to keep from hearing and seeing what God has in store. And we will never get out of anything as long as we allow the enemy have his way and think that it's okay. I'm tired of Satan and his mess dealing with the believers in this church in the name of Jesus. See, the reason why Jesus had to give this parable, because the Jews had to understand that that they were not above the Gentiles. Okay? Because, see, they thought that the Gentiles deserve a lot less than they did. Okay? And so he had to let them know that your salvation and the gift of it and all that I have for you has nothing to do with you being deserving. It has everything to do with my grace. My grace is sufficient for you to have whatever you need. Amen. So in today's world, we don't have no super saints and no lower saints. In God's eyes, we are all equal. Amen. Equally broken. (laughs) Equally jacked up. (laughs) Equally with strongholds that we need to be free from. Equally having the same Savior. And that awesome that can heal us all from all different stuff at the same time. With one word. With one spirit. One Lord. One faith. Speak the word, he says, and we all can be delivered from whatever mess we individually are dealing with in one swap. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So they thought that they were far more deserving than the Gentiles. They felt privileged, and the Gentiles were unworthy. But guess what? Because they had their thoughts so high above everything else, When Jesus came, they couldn't even receive him. So what happened? The Gentiles believed. They sought after and they received first. (laughs) Because the Jews were so religious, operating out of rituals, laws, tradition, and pride. Don't let that be your stumbling block to keep you from getting what you need. Keep you from getting the breakthrough that you need because you let your instinct, your intelligence supersede the power of our living God. He's a living God. He's not a dead God. He's a living God. And we're in the season of Passover. We're in the season to see how he have rose above so that we will have life and have it more abundantly. See, when we serve a righteous, faithful God who's always on time, he may not come when you want him, but he's certainly going to be on time. And that time is going to be far better than the time that you thought he should have come. Amen. Now, again, when we, 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 we gain more in God's timing than we will ever gain in our own timing. That's why you need to keep your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ and not on man and not on what you think or what you expect. Believe him, trust him, put it all on him and at his altar and leave it there and keep on operating as if you've already received what you asked for. 
See, that's the prayer of agreement. Your agreement with God is not the same as my agreement Amen. for God because we are seeking different stuff. Yes. Aren't you glad you serve a God that that's, he's so wide and broad that he can't miss anything and he don't get overloaded? He don't become overcome. He don't let the cares of the world send him in a stupor where he can't function no more and he just shut down and cut out. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who's always ready, always on time, and can handle everybody's need at one time? And when you call on him, he hears you. He hears you personally, and he begins to operate on your situation immediately, and it doesn't interfere with how he has to do for me and them and so on. How can you not worship and serve a God like this? He's not a God that's on paper that you can erase and change. He's not a relic that you can put up, pull down, break, and destroy. He's not a man who dies, who was born and have to die, who's not here forever, to have no more power than what either the enemy lets him have or God gives him. Aren't you glad that's not the God that you serve? That he is the first cause of everything, the beginning and the ending, the alpha and the omega. He he has no beginning and no ending. Didn't nobody make him. He's everlasting. Can't nobody change him. Can't nobody fix him. Can't nobody mess with him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so when you call on him, he's going to be there for you no matter what. No matter what you've done. No matter what you said. All you got to do is call on him. When you call on his name. Then he, he tells the enemy, stop. She's called me. Stop. He's called me. You can't do no more. They call me. I'm Johnny on the spot for my child who call on my name. Don't be deceived with education. Don't be deceived with intellect. It can't save you. And if Jesus isn't in it, it can't even enhance you. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being the savior of this world. There is hope because of you. Hallelujah. And if Jesus is for you, he's more than the world against you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's another form of agreement. Let's go over to Acts 5. Acts 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. This is another form of agreement. Now, let me tell you, this is an agreement between husbands and wives, which is one of the most powerful agreements next to our agreement with the Lord. But you got to do it right. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, because we're getting ready to read how when, you, when you're not right, what's going to happen? Being in agreement with the wrong stuff, okay? All right. So, okay, verses 1 through 9, it says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife's sole a possession, kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, the bottom line is this. This was a husband and wife that came together because all of the church, the church at that time had come to agreement to bring uh, uh, their uh, goods and money and stuff to help the poor. So they had made a decision among them in private of what they were going to give to the church to help the poor. Okay, so when they made that decision, what they didn't realize, 
because of who you are, you made it to the, to the Lord. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And at some point, they thought about it. They let their minds get into it, which is that broken soul. Yeah. <laughs> and when they thought about it, it's like, well, no, we ain't going to give them that much. Let's give them this. Okay? So, verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? I know he was blown away because, Peter, how do you know? Because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me because you done lied to him. All right. He says, while it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was so, was it not in thy own power? Why has thou conceived this thing in thy heart? That have, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. It's like, see, you think because you lied yeah. to, to, yeah. to somebody else yeah. that it's not affecting God. And especially when it's a, to a believer. God's covenant people, when you lie, you are lying to God. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. You can lie to yourself all you want, but you're lying to God. Yeah. Okay. So he says, Verse 5, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. That means he died. Now, the difference today, that you may not die physically. I don't know. That's God's thing. Okay. But one thing you're going to do, you're going to die spiritually. A spiritually deficit is worse than a physical death. Okay. So it says he, he, he gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. That was an example for anybody else who wanted to try to play those games with the Lord, okay? <laughs> That's why that fear came upon them, okay? It says, and the young men, because see, they made an agreement in the beginning, but they changed that agreement, okay? And the young man arose, uh, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. In other words, prepared him for burial. That means they wrapped him up like mummies, and put him in the grave, okay? And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Now, in three hours' time, I would have been suspicious. Something is wrong, okay? And if I'm going in here with these holy men, I ain't going here lying. I don't care what my husband said. Now, I'm talking about right agreement, wrong agreement, okay? Because God's agreement supersedes Natural agreement. Okay? So, okay, um, verse 8. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yay, for so much. That's what my husband said. <laughs> then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Glory, behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and should carry thee out. You going now. <laughs> okay, 10 says, then she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. She died. And they came and carried her out. Okay, the moral of the story is there's power in agreement. Amen. There's power in agreement. Don't be deceived. If there's power in agreement, God, this was a negative form of results of agreement. But think about when we're right. Think 
about when we're standing on this word and in agreement with the word, how much power is in that? That's why I've been saying, God, from the beginning, husbands and wives who are born again in Christ come into agreement in prayer. You can change the world. Amen. And I don't know why we're not comprehending this. It can be done. Your little problems you're having in your home ain't about squat. Compared to what you can do. And God said, if you do what I want you to do, you intercede and pray on those things I want you to do. I take care of your stuff. But no, we got it all wrong because, because we operate in more selfishness. It's about how I feel, what I want, what I need, and all of that. Get on board with God. It takes pressure off. It gives you peace. Let me, the days that I feel my top is when I've been interceding prior to. When I've been interceding, not for me, not interceding for me, but I've been interceding for the causes that God has put in my spirit and my heart. And I labor and that after that, I'd be like, whoa. Because that's, that is what God says in his word. And he's not a man who will lie. He's not a man who will lie. Amen? Amen. So, okay, let's go over to Matthew 18, the spiritual agreement. There is so much power in prayer. This is why Satan will not have you praying. You know how you have, you're too busy? You're too sleepy? You don't have time? Okay, you don't believe because I've been praying for this for so, such a long time and nothing has happened. The enemy don't want you to capture the, the understanding how powerful prayer is. It's the simplest thing, but it's the most powerful thing we can do as a believer. Okay, so in Matthew 18, verses uh, 18 through 20, is what we're going to major on. But uh, this was the result. Jesus given these instructions as a result uh, some brother in the church has trespassed against another, so he's given instructions on how you handle this. But I just want to focus on uh, 18 to 20. It says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You, you, th this is what we can do. Y'all hear this? Yes. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now why? This last verse is saying, because if two or three are gathered together in his name, you call the church. Amen. You call the church. Okay, now let me go back. He says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you should bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you should loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. Let, let me give you a newscast. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I loose you in the name of Jesus. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about when you pray his word. To loose some stuff that's bound up, then he will loose it from heaven so it can re be realized on earth. Amen. When you want to loose demonic forces 
from you and you speak the word concerning it, God separates it because it's done in heaven and he allow it realized in earth. So that means then there's power in what you say. There's power in words. He create, I, we will create them in our image, says the Lord. How did God create the world? He spoke it into existence. If we're in his image, we have the same power to speak things. And we're doing it all the time and don't realize it. So some of the hell in your life is based on what you've been saying. You see, you can say a lot of stuff. And you think it's, even when you're joking and you think it's cute, don't you realize there's power in your words? So your joking is going to be manifested based on what you say. So he's saying all this stuff that you're going around saying, especially when you think you're saying something hip and cool, it's being manifested. And you don't realize it and you don't know it, but you're still dealing with some strongholds and some problems in your marriages and with your family. And you can't understand why your prayers haven't broken through well they can't break through because you keep counteracting them with the words that you speak that has power to cancel out what you say are in your prayer closet your language in the prayer closet should be the same language you speak all the time it should be words of faith words of the Lord not speaking one thing in your prayer closet and your regular conversation is a bunch of junk all the time because you're going to have what you say greater of what you say is what you're going to have less than what you say in that closet because it doesn't line up with your lifestyle thank you lord thank you jesus for anybody who's uncomfortable right now because that means the truth is trying to pierce your heart thank you jesus hallelujah jesus when you start saying all the time, what you're believing God for in the prayer closet, you will have what you say. So you can't say, oh, God, my husband treats me the way Christ treats the church. He loves me the way Christ loves the church. Now, you, you just canceled the prayer closet. But right now, I'm concerned about what's before me. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Lord, I don't know. About this, about this woman, but I give her to you, and I ask you to bless her and change her and fix her for me. So I'm concerned about her soul, and I want her to be saved and get to heaven, and that we have a cohesiveness in our home, and we can live like a, like a real family. I don't know if I can stand for this. It's too much. God knows my heart. Ooh, okay, all right, okay. Um... Lord, I thank you that you're going to bring to my remembrance everything I need to know on this test. Two days later, I ain't got time to study because I need to do thus and so. Oh, okay. Are y'all getting my message? Okay. Uh, Lord, help me to resist this temptation. Yeah, when? Okay. Uh, I'll be there. Bless my children, Lord. You take care of them. They're on the computer. You somewhere else. You don't know what's going on while they're on the computer and they're on their phone doing their own thing and you don't know what's going on. But bless them, Lord. Okay. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Are you in agreement with the Holy Spirit? 
Because if you're in agreement with the Holy Spirit, then what you say outside of your closet lines up with what you are believing and saying all along. We walk by faith, not by sight. And God says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if you're walking by faith, you don't speak one thing and say something another day. Walking means I'm in this with you and I'm in agreement with you, God, according to your word. Because see, when he talks about being in, 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 in agreement, for two people come together in agreement, like as touching, it means you're in agreement with this. Not because we're together, standing, praying together. It's because in our togetherness, standing, we are praying and believing what thus says his word. And because of that, he will manifest it. He has to because he's a man of his word and he's a man of honor. And he's going to perform his word according to how it is going forth. That's why he says when, when, when two or three of you are together, my church... My body is in action, and I will perform it. See, he's the head, and we're the body. And he says, and I will perform it. Okay, I'm going to read this again in case you have some misguided understanding. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree. Now, if... In the marriage situation, and you both are saved, but one is having a problem with perversion, but they really want to be free, agree with your spouse. Agree with your spouse and say, I want to be free. I don't like this. Would you agree with me in prayer for my deliverance? Watch how quickly you'll get free and get delivered. Both of you are saved, and one is a pathetic liar. But it's not because you really enjoy lying, because you've practiced it for so long, you become this liar, but you want to be free. Honey, I'm tired of this. Would you agree with me? And prayer. And then find a, when I say prayer, I don't mean your soul prayer. Find a word out of the word that's pertaining to liars and perversion and whatever. And let's, let's agree. Watch how quickly God will move. I want to tell you something else. When you decide to agree with your spouse, the spouse then don't just pray that time with you two in agreement. They are constantly praying because they're keeping your arms uplifted. God, you know, I want to tell you how agreement can work when the other person don't even know you're in agreement. When Mac decided to stop smoking, and I knew he was working in an office with smokers, and, and two of them were chain smokers. Now, that's going to be very difficult. But then, you see, he thinks he's Superman, so he could do it. So he never gave it any thought. And I'm looking at the real, but I'm not saying anything to him. So I'm like, Lord, help him to stop smoking. Take the taste from his mouth. Take the desires from his heart for this. Okay? I'm praying constantly. And he got free from smoking. But he, at that time, thought he did it on his ability. He did it because I was in agreement with him to stop smoking, but I lined my agreement up with heaven. So that smoking was bound up in heaven and realized on earth. Do you hear what I'm saying? (laughs) Glory. He he don't always have to know, but he got the desire. If he got the desire, 
but he just isn't speaking it, pick it up. God has given women a sensitivity to discern some things that are not even spoken. Use it in your prayer closet. Operate it in your prayer closet. Ask God to give you that ability to discern the sensitivity that he's giving you. He didn't give us that to, to be petty and foolish and silly. He gave it to us to work it in prayer on behalf of our family. That's why it's good when you cannot work as Christian women because why? You can cover your husband while he's at work, cover your children while they're at work, pray for some things that you wouldn't see if you were on your job. Lord, bless the furnace. You'll learn how to pray, how to cover some stuff and make stuff work wasn't working in everything else and then pray for everybody else in the world and everything else and you will have greater peace and because your house has become uh, an altar of prayer when he comes home he'll have a whole di different sense of feeling because that home has been arrayed with the spirit of the living God people used to come to my house and say oh it feels so peaceful that's because prayer was going on all the time it wasn't because we were like perfect no, prayer was going on all the time. Do you hear what I'm saying? Or Christian broadcasting or Christian music. It was being filled in the household. So when he comes in, let me tell you, if he come in with his raggedy stuff and stuff that ain't right, he won't be able to rest. He won't even have any peace. When my stepson came to visit us one day, and I know what he was, all the mess that he does, I'll prepare that room before he got there. Glory, I pray, don't let him have no peace until he gets free, Lord. Don't let him rest. I covered that bed. I prayed over everything. He came in and saw, because what I do, I do fancy pillows and stuff. That's normal. Okay, he came in and saw the bed and was thinking, this is for me? He thought, oh, she went all out for me. No, that part is my lifestyle. You just get to be blessed in it. But what he didn't know, what I had prepared for him, I heard him in there talking and mumbling and groaning and going all through stuff at night. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I'm in my room. Thank you, Jesus. Deliver his soul. Free him, Jesus. And let me tell you, while he was here, too bad he went back. He started getting free in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you what prayer can do. Stop sitting back waiting for what God can do. What can you do? Because he's given us the ability, he's given us the authority in his name. The ability is through his blood, and he's given us the roadmap, the keys, the keys to the kingdom of God. Amen? Now, okay, I'm going to close with this one thing. You know, believers are afraid to admit and bring out their hidden problems and secrets and they're afraid that if they are honest first with themselves and then second with God and then with the with with the church that they may be rejected or labeled okay none now of course Satan is the author of those fears okay but when you live with lies for so long they become a truth to you okay and unfortunately, you never get free. The benefits of letting go, forgetting about what others think 
or just afraid to go deep in and go back to the past, which is for the purpose of freedom. See, when you go back to visit the past, you're going back to see the root cause of why some strongholds you have presently dealing with. You're not going back to the past to point blame. You're going back to the past to get free in the now. Okay? And trusting God is that those burdens to be released. Yokes are broken. When you do these things, when you are letting go, forgetting about what others think, going back to the past for the purpose of getting free to know the root cause of your situation, then what happens is that you can become, get a newfound freedom. Why? Because the anointing will cause burdens to be removed. So those burdens will be released. Those yokes are broken. And your deliverance and freedom will feel so good that there's not enough shame or pride to keep you from being open and to open up those windows so God can come in and pour out a blessing to you. You won't have room enough to hold. Because when you are free in Jesus, you are free indeed. Do not live all of your days in bondage and strongholds when you can actually be free for the purpose of an outward appearance, false appearance that other people could think that you're one thing when you're not. And it really, let me tell you a little secret. Born again, spirit-filled, discerning believers look past the makeup, the clothes, the sharp dressing, and everything else and can see the, the bondage that's inside of you. So it don't matter. But to me, I don't care. I want to be free in Jesus. When I'm up here being transparent about my stuff, it's for a testimony. Because it's not glorious, so I can't, you can't think that I'm telling it because it sounds glamorous when I be telling you my mess. It's for a testimony that you can see if God can do this for me, he can do it for you. Amen. Stop trying to put yourself in a position that you don't belong in. Because as we are without Jesus working his fruit in us is false. And nothing and not who we are will ever supersede what God can do for us. So that false identity, that false appearance, because it, you think it's giving you confidence, let it go. Because real confidence comes in the Lord. When you have real confidence, your outer don't matter to you as much. Yes, amen. Okay. I want you to understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when our outer appearance is so important that it supersedes everything else, there's a problem because we all want to look right and look good, okay? But not where to the point that it has me and I don't have it. Amen. But see, when I'm free in Jesus, then I can move on. But if I'm not free in Jesus, then let me tell you, that's the stuff that we can buy to put on and, and make up and all of that. Do you know that it ain't going to last? It's not going to last. But what I put in here forever and ever and ever 
and it will give me such a sense of freedom. And you may be fine when you get through putting all that stuff on and looking better than I am, but I'm better than you are because I'm healthier, whole, and I'm going to live for eternity. And that's what matters. Not what I do here to impress mankind for a moment. A moment's a pleasure. Going to give me a lifetime of hell. No, I want eternal bliss. And in, in, in your little moment, you deal with your moment. Because I'm not going to try to please you. And I'm not going to try to impress you. I impress me. When, and, and it really bothers me that I do get up here and put all my junk out here. And, 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 and nobody is willing to be free. God don't have me up here telling this stuff just to be talking. Because I'd be like, why? And then when I tell all my children, they'd be like, yeah, you just had to mention me, huh? <laughs> let me, let, I'm going to read one last scripture, okay? Whoo, glory, hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And what we want to focus on right now is verses 8 through 12. And, and this is Paul talking to the, to the church of, of Corinth. And um, he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord. Life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are all way. There's no ending. Not always, always, okay, delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you, okay? So Paul is telling them that they laid down, uh, the leaders have laid down their lives so that they can have life by exposing and giving them everything that God has given them, but um, what the good news is this. In 8, it says, we are troubled on every side. And, and so, confident of victory always. That's what that means. When he says, we are troubled on every side, it means we are always confident of victory. Okay? Yet not distressed. Never Utterly at a loss. Okay. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Preserve, but um, persevere. I'm sorry, but not actually caught. Per I'm sorry, pursued. I can't read my own writing. Pursued, pursued, but not actually caught. See, at times we are knocked, we are knocked down, but never knocked out. We get up. So as a believer, you don't fail. You only fail when you believe the lies of Satan that wants to make you think you have failed. Okay? So Paul is saying in, 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 in the rest of this that you got to die to your flesh in order to have life and to have it more abundantly. That's what uh, 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 10 and 11 is, is, and 12 is talking about. So let God have his perfect work in you. Let 
patience and death have his perfect work in your flesh because it's going to bring you life. And so some things happen because it's bringing you life, but it feels like death at the time. The struggle, some struggles we're having, we feel like it's the end, but it's really just the beginning. Amen. And, and if you hold on and hold on to God, you're going to see the end result that's going to be more victorious than you can even imagine. Amen. Because when you know he said he would do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. But it's according to the power that working in you. What is that power? According to your faith. So even when you feel like you pressed down or whatever, keep your faith because you are not utterly cast down. You have not been overcome. You are going to win the battle and the war. If you keep your focus on him and not let these negative things that is before you determine and tell you this is how it is. It's a lie. It's false evidence appearing to be real. That's called fear. False evidence appearing to be real. The real is the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. Keep your eyes on the creator, one who created you and everything else who will be coming back for us and coming back to destroy that that was not connected unto him. When he comes back, you want to be considered the church, the bride that he's going to take back with him because he's coming back to judge the wicked, the dead. The dead, walking dead, and the dead in the grave. And when he comes back, you want to be ready to go up with him. Amen. So you don't, you don't falter. You don't cave in. You, you don't act like you've lost. No, you are a winner. Why? Because your focus, your hope, and your faith is in Jesus Christ. It's not about what you tangibly see, but it's about what you know in your heart. Because what you know in your heart is what's going to keep you in the time of trouble, in the time of turmoil, in the time when you feel hopeless. Your faith in Jesus Christ is what keeps you and pull you out of the hell that Satan want to make you think you're going to be destroyed. What Jesus did on the cross, the price of the cross, has resulted in victory and will result in victory. And as a result of other people who don't know him seeing that kind of victory, let me tell you, when people see believers have to go through hell and stand and come out, and while they're in it, they're smiling and joyful and they're doing all kinds of stuff, and then they come out smelling like a rose, that's how we win them over to Christ. That's how we win them over to Christ. Don't be so religious that when you be looking at heathens that don't know Jesus, acting like hell, to be like, I don't know why they act like that. Really? They're acting the way they're supposed to act. They're acting like their master. That's how they're supposed to act. When they act like hell, that's because they're living for hell. Pull them out with your prayers. Pull them out with the joy of the Lord, who is your salvation. Pull them out with them seeing you always uplifted, encouraged, full of hope, because you know you have a future. We want to bring God's glory. And when we come in agreement with what he has to say in heaven, he will be glorified.
you will be sanctified. And those of us who are, re are the recipient of what you're saying will be edified. Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Father, I just bless your name. Thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I pray, Lord Jesus, that anyone at the sound of my voice who really don't know Jesus but heard enough to give them the desire to want to know him will come into that saving grace and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It's not what we do or what we know, but it's who we know. So if you don't know Jesus, you are not saved. And you're not going to see victory on this end. You're going to see of times of happiness, times of pleasure. But you're not going to see the victory because the victory is no matter what's going on in this world, I have the joy and peace of the Lord. And it's never ending. It's never ending. Thank you, Jesus. So anyone at the sound of my voice who wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and any those of you who thought you did know him, but you realize, I really don't know him. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you today as a broken sinner who now realize I need a Savior. I give you all of my sins in exchange for the greatest gift that ever lived. And that is your son, Jesus. Come into my heart, Jesus. Save me. Cleanse me, purge me, and now fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I will live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now we're going to prepare for benediction. Amen. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you making himself available to you as your heavenly father so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent satan